Hey everyone, you are listening to the official podcast of the Evangelical Free Church of Ken, where our mission is to glorify God, helping each other become mature disciples of Christ as we worship, grow, serve, and reach. pray with me. Lord, I pray that you would draw us close to you this morning. And I pray that as our Father, who loves us deeply, that you would just work in our hearts. That you'd make us more like Jesus this morning. God, that you would challenge and affect and grow our thinking, our attitude, and our actions. Father, I am your servant this morning. And as we sing in that song, and that uh, the weak be made strong in Christ. Lord, that's what I feel like, weak. And so I pray that as your weak servant, Lord, that you would just fill me up, that you would speak through me to your people, that you would give me wisdom in your words, Lord. Thank you for your word that you have given to us. And I pray that your spirit would just move and work in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been talking about family matters and this morning, there's one word that I want you to remember. My la- Do you guys remember my last message? was? What would be one word that you could just summarize it in? My last message. Does anybody remember? Honor. Oh, yes. Somebody remembers. Honor. That's right. To honor God and honor one another. And today, the one word would be disciple. Disciple. <clears throat> there's just one word, disciple. I want to ask you this. There's kind of an intro to the message this morning of a bunch of verses that kind of is going to prepare our world thinking, our worldview, I guess would be the right word. And so I want to ask you this. What's God's heart for the world? What's God's heart for the world? What's God's heart for your family? And what's God's heart specifically for your kids? I mean, what does God really want you to do as a parent for the kids that are in your lives. Think about that. What's God's big picture and his plan and what's he doing and how does he view family and how does he view our kids and how does he view my relationship to my kids and what I should be about in their lives. And if it's not your kids, you know, you can think of your grandkids. And even if you are a grand or if you have adult kids, even then, what is it like, my relationship to my adult children? And what is God's big plan here? What's he doing and where's his heart in all of this? And so I want to just look at some scripture passages quickly. And I'm not going to turn to them because I've written them down here. You might write them down. But it says that God created Adam and Eve. And he told them in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. Genesis 1 28. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. And then mankind became wicked and evil. Sinners. Just bad, bad, bad. Look at Genesis chapter 6 and it's just like a bad description. All kinds of evil in their hearts all the time. Those kinds of words of definitive just all and every and they were bad. And God said that he was going to destroy the earth. And so 
he flooded the earth. And then there was Noah, you know, Noah, and God used Noah to save just him and his family. And after flooding the earth, removing the wickedness that prevailed amongst mankind and mankind's heart, Genesis 9 verse 1 says, Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. And verse 7 says, And for you, be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply on the earth and increase upon it. And we can ask the question, why, God? Why do you want them to be fruitful, multiply, and not just part of the earth? But he wants us to fill the earth with people. Lots of people. Isaiah 45, verse 18. For this is what the Lord says. He who created the heavens, he is God. He who fashioned and made the earth, he founded it. He did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. He says, I am the Lord, there is no other. So what are some things that we can learn from these passages? One thing I learned is God loves life. He loves life and he wants lots of life. And we could talk about abortion here. We could talk about God's heart for for just human beings and life and to multiply. We could talk about birth control. Is that part of God's plan and where is that? Does we see anything in that? We could go down a lot of rabbit trails of what's God say here and what, what is God's heart and who is he like? But I just want us to understand just this basic thing. God obviously loves life and he has this desire that the whole earth would be full and filled up with a whole lot of human beings. And when you look at Noah too, he did talk about the animals multiplying as well. God loves life. Number two thing I think about. God created marriage. One man, one woman. And it's through marriage that we are to have these children. And I get this picture that God wants a lot of people on earth. But for what reason? Why does he want to fill the earth? Look at Psalm 86, verse 8 through 12. Why don't you turn there? Psalm 86, 8 through 12. Psalm 86, verse 8 through 12. Among the gods, there is none like you, O Lord. No deeds compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship you, O Lord. They will bring you glory to your name. For you are great and to marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. So I want to ask the question again, why? Why does God want to fill the earth with all kinds of people? According to Psalm 86, there is no God like any other. There is none like him. And it says, all nations you have made... I'm sorry. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, O Lord. They will bring glory to your name. God wants a lot of people all over the earth, I believe, because he wants a lot. He's a relational God. He loves life. But he is a good God and a great God, and he wants us to worship him and to bring him glory and to bring him praise. At the end of this passage of Psalm 86, 
there. It says, it, it becomes, it, it talks about God and who he is, but then it becomes personal. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. It's kind of like, show me your word, God, and I want to obey it. Give me an undivided heart that I might fear your name. God wants a lot of people on the earth to worship him and to glorify him, to honor him and to fear him, to, to reverence him. I praise you, personal here, I fear your name. I praise you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. So I believe that God's plan and intention is that he would fill the whole earth with a bunch of worshipers of him. And I, I don't honestly think that that's egotistical or bad in any way. Because God is creator. He is, there's none like him. He is awesome and amazing. He is relational. He finds joy in making every single human being upon the earth. And he knows what the best thing for us is. Is to be in relationship with him and worship him. And to fill the earth with this joy and this love and this praise and this glory. I really think that's what God just desired. From the very beginning. Adam and Eve, being in relationship with them. And I think that's what he desires to the very end. Look at Malachi chapter 2 verse 15 says this. This is something kind of a little unique because it brings it to family here. Has not the Lord made them one? In flesh and spirit they are his. And why one? Why has God taken one man, Luke, and one woman, Hannah, who got married yesterday, why has God taken one man and one woman, brought them together, and made them one? Not only one in flesh, but one in spirit. Why? It goes on to say in Malachi 2.15, because he was seeking a godly, he was seeking godly offspring. Think about that for yourself. God brought me together, my husband, husband and wife, that there would be godly offspring. Why? To fill the earth. Why? Because he wants worshipers of him. He wants us, his created beings, to glorify and praise and worship him all over the earth. And he's so creative. It's not just white people in this church, but God has creativity about all different colors of people and people of all different languages and nations. Um, He's so creative and he wants all of them to worship him. Matthew twenty eight nineteen. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. You know, where does that start? It starts in our families. How do we make disciples of nations? It starts with our families. How do we make disciples in our church? It starts with our families. It starts with our children. Go and fill the earth with little worshipers of me. That means raise kids who love Jesus. Raise kids who love the Lord and want to live for him. And as you go about life, make disciples. Yes, in your family first, in your church, and in the nations in the world. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. Just listen. This is at the end. We've started at the beginning of Adam and Eve created. Just got a few verses along the way. And now we're at the end in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. And it's like, who is worthy? Who is worthy to open these scrolls, O Lord? You are worthy. To take the scroll and to open its seals. Because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased men from every tribe and language and people and nation. You made them to be a kingdom and priest to serve our God. 
and they will reign on the earth. This passage is speaking of Jesus and how he's worthy to open the scroll because he's the one who saved all mankind through his death on the cross. And we are saved in order to be a kingdom and a priest for God's honor and for his glory. He truly is an awesome God. He sent his one and only son to save us, that we might be in relationship with him. Not just us, but that everyone might be in relationship with him. That's his purpose. That's his goal. Because he wants all to be in his kingdom. He wants all to be in relationship with him. He wants all to glorify him. So I hope this challenges you in your worldview and your thinking about family. That this whole idea of having kids is not just about we got married, we had a few kids because we just wanted to, I don't know, enjoy them. But this is about God has a plan to fill the earth with worshipers. So what's my part in doing that to make sure that my kids love the Lord and know the Lord and honor the Lord? What's my part in that? What does that look like, God? God, what do you expect of me if that really is your desire to fill the earth with worshipers? And it starts with me, and it starts with my family and my kids and my grandkids. What does that look like, and what do you expect of me? I pray that you see your children as people God created, and that he's left in your care to teach and train, so they too will have this relationship with God and follow him. It says in... Third John, verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Third John, verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And just for context, that, that, that passage is not even speaking about your family children. But it was John speaking to his friend about saying, hey, you are my child in Christ in a sense. And I find no greater joy that you're walking with Jesus in the truth, walking in his truth. Now I want to turn to the passage we were memorizing, because I think this is the one that really helps us to understand what does God expect of us as parents to our kids. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 9. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 9. I'm sorry, we're going to start at verse 1. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So here's the deal. Moses is the one that God uh, that, that wrote this. And God is giving Moses the commands, decrees, and laws to give to the Israelite people. So that he can direct and teach them. God wants them to know very clearly. These are my commands. As you are my, become my people. Who are going to walk in the land that I promised you. These are the commands that I give you. And I want you to follow these commands. I am a good God. I am a loving God. And these are, these are uh, direct uh, commands and laws and decrees I want you to follow. And if you do this, you will be blessed. 
And if you don't, you will be cursed. Because the whole discipline thing that Matt talked about, that God disciplines those he loves and he will discipline his children. He promises them in Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy, that I will discipline you. There will be time where you walk away from me and I will discipline you. Okay, but I want to give you straightforward, here's the commands to follow me so that we can be in the right relationship. So verse, uh, I'm going to start over. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you. Isn't that amazing? God gives them these commands because he wants it for their children, for them, for their children, and for their grandchildren. Why? So that they will fear the Lord their God as long as they live by keeping all his command, His decrees and commands. This idea of fearing the Lord, again, is just a reverence for God, to respect God, to honor God, to think about God in your life as you live life. Knowing that he's there with you, that he cares for you, that he would be part of your life, that you would honor him and fear him. And he wants that for not just them, but for their kids and grandkids. Verse 3, hear, O Israel, that word here is that, that, that Hebrew word Shema. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord the God of your fathers promised you. Again, this idea of increase. I don't know if you've read in the passage of Scripture, but God wants them to obey, and as they obey, He will provide not only uh, um, milk and honey, which would be like food, provision, but God will, will increase their numbers. Why in the world would God want to increase their numbers if they choose to obey Him and fear Him? What do you think? I think it has to do with this idea that God wants to fill the earth with a bunch of God followers. A bunch of people who fear and honor him. He took out the people in Noah's day because they were wicked and they did not follow him. Their heart was not set on God. Their heart was set on wickedness. But he saved by the grace of God and the favor of God. He saved Noah and his family. And then he, it's basically like reset, restart. That God wants to again... Fill the earth with a, bunch of, with a bunch of followers of him. A bunch of people who are going to fear him. And he chooses the Israelite people. Pulls them out. And says, I will be your God and you will be my people. And if you choose to obey me and fear me, you will increase in number. Why? Because your children will be following and obeying me. And the grandchildren. And so we'll fill the earth. It's going to be awesome in God's plan. That was God's plan. That more people would honor and live for him. Let's keep going. <clears throat> Verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Just so you know, they're living in an area where there's nations who are polytheistic. And so now they're finding security and knowing your God, he's different. He's unique. He is one. There isn't this one God against another God fight going on that you find out in all these polytheistic type religions and ways. You can have a security in knowing, I am God. I am good. I am there for you. I am your God and I am unique among all the other gods that are talked about here in this land. 
love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Of all the things that God could say, the thing he really wants us to focus on is love. Love me. It's a choice of being in relationship with God, a love relationship with God. And that's what he desires first off. God, yes, God gives commands. God gives laws. But God doesn't give laws and commands because he just wants us to be rule followers. God wants these rules and these laws and these commands to be obeyed because of our love for God. And so I think that's really important for us to teach our kids. That it's not about just obeying the rules, man. It's obey, it's, it's about, do you genuinely love God? Do you fear God? Do you want to live for God? Because if you do, God sets up these commands for you, and they're for your good. They're not for your bad. Alright? They're for your good. They'll be for your benefit. They'll be for your blessing. These commands that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Parents, God's word is to be upon our hearts. And then as God's word is upon our hearts, that we know God's word, we understand his word, we understand his commands and what he has for us. We are now to teach it to our children. It says in in my version, it says, impress them on your children. I messed up this week. I drove a piece of equipment into my yard after it rained. Okay, that did not make my wife happy. There is an impression in my yard that now I have to fix. (laughs) Um, But we are to impress upon our children God's word, his commands. It says it in the ESV, teach diligently. That takes, that means take great care to teach God's commands and his word to our kids. I just want to bring this real practical today. It breaks my heart to know that some of our kids don't know the books of the Bible. Um, they don't know passages of scripture. They don't know Bible verses by memory. There's a lot of scripture that many of our kids don't know. And I just want to tell us, church, it is our obligation that we teach our kids God's word. It's not the Sunday school teacher's job. God didn't say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Tell the leaders to teach the children God's word. That's not what he says here. He says, Parents, my word is to be upon your hearts. People, my, my, my word is to be upon your hearts. I believe in the family. And parents, it's your job to teach your children my commands and my ways. It's your job to show the children while you live life every day. It doesn't matter whether you're walking by day, whether you're when you're laying down or when you rise up. But that conversation about God's word and who God is should be everyday life. Not Sunday only, not Sunday school only, not here's our organized time at 10 minutes during the day. We read God's word and we pray and this is what we do as a family. Then we do everything else and don't think about God. No. It's. God desires for us to love him and that that love would be infectious to our children. That we would not only teach them, but that we would show them what it looks like to love and honor him and teach teach all about him all through life. We had a conversation in my family this week at dinner table that was about this whole sexual messed up stuff that's going on in our world. 
um, and just how do you deal with it? And it was great to have conversation about this is our world. This is what's going on. What does God think about it? What does God say? And to bring in God's word and God's thoughts in the midst of things that are going on in the world. And that's what I'm talking about. So whether while you lie down or whether you eat or whether you're going or what, whatever you're doing, that you're having conversations about the Lord and teaching our kids. Another thing that breaks my heart is when we want, our, we want, we want the teenagers maybe to pray. And it's like the fastest way to get them to all be quiet. I mean, there isn't... You know, there's hardly anybody who wants to just openly pray. And I want to ask you as parents, are you praying with your kids? And I want to say, are you doing it more than just at dinner time about food? Because prayer is talking to God about everything in life. So do your kids, do your grandkids, do they see that everything that goes on in our life we're talking to God about? God, that sunrise that you brought this morning, thank you for that. And it can be as simple as that, just bringing God into life every day. Lord, praise you for that sunset. You are good. God, we heard of someone in another family that's really hurting right now. Would you help them? Would you strengthen them? Would you minister to them? And if you start praying like that, your kids will begin to start praying like that. When they start to see mom and dad pray when someone's hurting, mom and dad prays. As they're walking through life. Then they'll begin to do that. Mom and dad. Shared Jesus with that person. I just watched them do it. Mom and dad serve. At church. And they serve in the neighborhood. Or they serve here or there. Whatever. Whatever you do. Your kids are going to see and do. And I want to ask this question. Are your kids prepared to train and teach and raise your grandkids to love and know the Lord too? Are your kids prepared to train and teach your grandkids so that they too will love the Lord? Why? Because God wants worshipers of Him to fill the earth. A lot of them. Because it's what's best, it's what's good, and it's what's honoring and glorifying to Him. So, this message is a convicting message for me. I got a heads up on it because I've been studying all week. And so I'll tell you, I've been working a little bit harder on being, taking initiative with my kids this week. Spending a little more time praying, talking, thinking, um, reading these things with them. And I encourage you as a church, what's God, what's God challenging you with? We've had some great messages about, on the family um, the one that really hit me is priorities. And just where's my priorities? Um, God's design for sex was one. Discipline. Man, that's a good one too. Sometimes we don't see discipline like God designed it. In all of this, I just want to ask you, is there something that God's been speaking to your heart? And maybe you've been thinking about it, but you've never really just said, you know what, God, I'm going to surrender this. I want to commit it to you. I want to pray about this and just say, this is yours, Lord. From here on out, I'm going to read the Bible with my kids on a daily basis. From here on out, Lord, I'm going to pray with my kids all, all the time throughout the day. 
Um, what commitments have you made from this series on family matters? Lord, may we build our lives upon your love. May it not be about do's and don'ts, but may it be about a love relationship with you. God, may we be found faithful as your church to raise up followers of Jesus Christ. Not in just our neighborhoods or in our communities, but God, in our families. May our own kids have a personal relationship with you. And genuinely love you. God, for those kids who are wandering, I pray that you would discipline them. And that you would bring them back. That you would help them, Father, to see that your word is the way, the truth. And God, Jesus is the only way and the only one to live for. I pray that they would know your love. And that your kindness would bring them to repentance, Lord. They would choose to live for you. God, help us as grandparents to be faithful in instilling this, this, this love of Jesus into our grandkids. May we read the word with them and memorize with them. May we talk about you often. God, use us. Use us for your glory. Thank you for lavishing your love upon us. In your-